absolute tragedy it would be if you go and get on that plane or you let somebody leave and you wish you would have shared the kind, positive, loving thing that you think and feel about that person but you just didn't do it. What an absolute tragedy it is. Yeah, please do take a seat unless you are heading out for the teens study with Scott this morning. Uh, from next week, they are going to be in uh, the service as 1st of July. Well, July and August, we're very much running on summer schedule. Uh, so Kids Church will be a little bit different. There'll be a couple of Fridays that we're not here. We're somewhere else. Uh, and one of the things that we do in the summer, the teens will join us because generally, uh, like a lot of us, they'll be coming and going and traveling and uh, whatnot. But we'll talk about that uh, a little bit later. So our usual way of preaching and teaching here, uh, if you've been here more than a couple of weeks, you've probably heard me say this before, but our usual way of preaching and teaching God's Word here is continuous exposition. So we walk through whole books of the Bible from start to finish, and we generally move through them to see what was being said, uh, what it means, uh, how it points us to Jesus, because he said all scripture testifies stuff about me, uh, and then what do we do with it in our here and now? We do that here on a Friday, we do that on Tuesday when we put out a midweek teaching, uh, we do it every day when we send out or publish devotionals. Uh, this week we finished Acts after almost a year. Uh, of walking through that together. So that's our usual way of doing stuff, but there are times in the year when we kind of pause that and look at something specific. Uh, maybe it's something connected to the Christian calendar, you know, like Easter or Advent, uh, or sometimes it's at a time of year that's really, really important to our particular circumstances uh, living here in Bahrain. Today is one of those days as we're on the cusp uh, of summer, and I think this is such an important truth for this church uh, in this place. I've been saying for a few weeks now that summer is coming. I think you step outside and if you wear glasses, you'll know that summer is here. And uh, so typically, usually, most of the time, the last Friday in June today is the last time that we see some people. Uh, in Bahrain. For some people, that's for a few weeks as they travel or uh, a vacation. For other people, it's, they're permanently changing their situation, so this is the last time that we're going to see you in real life, possibly ever. Uh, maybe this year you're going to go away for a short break, just for a couple of weeks. Uh, I will in a, in a few weeks' time. Maybe you're going for a longer break, uh, all of July, all of August. Maybe you're leaving permanently this year. Maybe you're not leaving in the summer at all and you'll travel uh, later in the year. But either way, summer, July and August, is a, is a time of particularly acute transience. Lots of coming and going in our community that's very transient anyway. But there are things that we can do uh, to prepare for that coming and going, that week-by-week week difference. There'll be some people you'll see this week, not next week. They're going holiday, and then they come back, and you see them again, and then they go away again. And it's week-by-week week through the summer. Uh, but between now and the end of August, there are things that we can do 
uh, before we leave or before people leave. So from next week, as I've said, uh, Friday the 1st of July, we're going to start our summer program, summer sermon series called Bent Out of Shape. Uh, We'll talk about that later. Uh, But today we're going to talk about some stuff that we can all do as summer is now here. Summer is upon us, whether we're traveling or not, whether you're leaving for good or not, uh, whether you're going to be here all summer, there's stuff here today for everybody. Uh, You're going to need some nimble fingers. There was no passage uh, for Diane to read uh, this morning, which she was thrilled with. And we said, you know, I'm not sure whether celebrating that you don't have to read the Bible in church was such a good thing, but you did, she did a little dance about not having to read, but um, thankfully the camera was off as you danced. Why did I mention that? Because you laughed at me a month ago. <laughs> and now we're good. Anyway, so Diane danced. She didn't read uh, because we're going to need nimble fingers as we move around. This is a really, really important message uh, in one way, shape, or form. It comes out every year, uh, whether that is preached publicly, whether that's kind of individually given to people, whether it's shared with you in some kind of written document. It's a really important message for this church in this place every single year. So, with summer upon us, three things to do. First thing is we are going to plan. Why are we going to plan? Because it is so easy over summer to let things slip and slide away. And before you know it, it's the end of August. And all the stuff that you've not done for the last two months become regrets. Uh, if you're going to be here all summer, it gets so hot that you start to feel so lethargic. It's like, well, I'll I'll get to that. And then it's September, and you've not done it. It's like like when you do the washing up, or you do the dishes. You think, I'm going to soak that one. And then the next morning, it's still there, because you've not done anything with it. It's like, oh, I'll take out the trash tomorrow. And you wake up the next day, it's still there, with some of the bugs that it's attracted because you've not done anything with it. If you're going to be here in summer, it gets so hot that this big lethargic attitude of, yeah, I'll do that, comes and then you just don't. Uh, If you're traveling, it can be easy to fall out of any kind of rhythm and routine because you're away from your norm, for all the stuff that we use to regulate our week, day, is just gone. So, and as a consequence, because stuff is so different in the summer, Some of the spiritual disciplines that are so important to us can sadly, without even trying, just kind of fall out of your life because you're not in your regular routine and rhythm and you're not in your regular places, seeing those regular faces. Not because you don't value them. It's not like you're going to dance because you don't have to read the Bible for two months. But we're in a different place, you're in a different space And stuff just without even trying falls away. But just think how often you've traveled, you've left the country, you've not had a time of kind of quiet, personal Bible reading in the morning because you're at somebody else's house, you're in some hotel somewhere, you're you're at an airport, charging through the airport because they're calling your flight. You're not at home in your place, in your space with your Bible and your coffee and your cup sitting in your chair. How many times have you gone to bed somewhere else, been on a plane, some kind of journey, something different has been happening in your life, and you've not finished the day by pausing and praying because I've been so busy, 
and I've got to go to the airport, without even trying, because those regular rhythms and routines are kind of different in summer, some of the spiritual disciplines that we've got fall away. Now, please don't misunderstand me. This is not some kind of religious thing, a very legalistic thing. Uh, if you don't do this every day at this time, you're failing. It's, it's not like that. But we all know from experience that when we're out of regular rhythms and routines, it's so easy to drop stuff like spiritual disciplines without even trying. So we're, we're heading into a time where we know for sure in one way or another it's going to be different for the next couple of months. If you're going to be here, so much stuff slows down or is just paused for summer. You'll notice when you go out and about, there are far less people here. So much stuff slows down and pauses because lots of people are coming and going over summer. And so it's really important, whether we're here all summer, whether we're going away all summer, whether we're doing a little bit of both, that we plan to keep things going. It is so important for us that we plan to be as committed to our faith over the summer as we are here during the rest of the year. And now for some of you, this is going to be a huge challenge because you are so committed to your faith that it's going to be tough to do all that you do here when you're running through an airport, spending 24 hours traveling back to wherever you're going. You're taking eight-hour road trips. You're visiting friends, family, doing all the stuff that summer brings. For some of you, it's going to be a huge challenge to be as committed to your faith life over the next couple of months as you are here. And for some people, it's going to be a, a challenge because, the, again, the rhythms and routines that you've got here, work, school, you're socializing with people, lots of that stuff stops over summer. But let me tell you, there's a very common misconception that church also stops, and we'll see you in September. Like, no, that's, that's not true. Church doesn't stop. Your faith doesn't stop, but all the markers in your week that you use to regulate yourself, lots of them will not be as strong, maybe not there in the summer. So we've got to plan ahead to make sure that this summer is not a time when your spiritual disciplines become regrets for you. Will you commit to doing that with me? Okay, good. Three people will. Well, that's on you. So we're going to plan ahead to make sure that summer is not a time I don't want you to come back and think, oh, I've not read the Bible properly since June. I haven't prayed properly since June when I was last here in my place, in my space, looking at all these regular faces. I've not been taught through those four Ps that we talked about last week, uh, praise, preaching, prayer, and other people. I've not engaged with living out my faith since June. I don't want you to come back and think and feel like that. So we've got to plan ahead to make sure that summer is not a time when your spiritual disciplines become things that you regret not doing. Now, for some people, they love a plan. Some people are not planners at all. So maybe you think, I just don't need a plan. I'll just do it. Don't get on me about having plans. I never plan. Well, we're reading Proverbs 21, right in the middle of your Bible. The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance. But everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. 
Now, maybe one proverb isn't enough to build a plan on, to become a planner, to build your summer on. Maybe one proverb is not enough for you, and I, I kind of get that. Well, in Luke chapter 14, we see Jesus giving a wonderful teaching, obviously because it's Jesus, uh, about discipleship, about committing to follow Him with all of our lives. And as part of that teaching, He gives a great example. Uh, So if you've got your Bibles there, let's go to Luke, the third book in the New Testament, probably about 80% through your Bibles. Uh, Luke chapter 14, and we will read a couple of verses, picking it up in verse 28. So Jesus is talking about discipleship, the cost of following him. And he says, look, which of you wanting to build a tower doesn't sit down first and compute the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it. Otherwise, when he's laid a foundation and is not able to finish the tower, all who see it will begin to make fun of him. They'll say, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Now, we know, don't we? I hope you know, that we can't just cut out a couple of sentences and make it fit what we're talking about. That's the, the big arc of our summer sermon series, Bent Out of Shape. You can't, we can't just take words out of a passage, out of a book, out of a, we can't just do that. But Jesus is talking about discipleship, the cost of following him, what, it, what your life is going to look like, the things that you're going to give up, you're going to make sure, if you're going to do this, you're going to do it properly. There are no half measures. But the principle that he is using is one of thinking ahead and of planning So just look at that with me again. He says, look, if you're going to do something, if you want summer to be a a productive time in your faith life, if you're going to do something, he says, which of you want to build a tower? So you've got a goal, you've got a target, you want to do something. Be faithful over summer. Build a tower. He says, look, then first you need to plan. It's not just going to happen for you. He says, uh, if you're going to do something, who doesn't sit down first and compute the cost to see if they've got enough money to complete it? And what he's saying is, look, if you don't plan, it's not going to happen. It's not going to go well. He says, look, otherwise, when you've laid your foundation, you, you, maybe you can't finish the tower. And then people are going to make fun of you. And in our particular circumstances here, that looks like you coming back and regretting, oh, I've not read the Bible properly since June, or I've not kept in touch with my church family for, for two months, or I've not had really daily focused times of prayer daily. So if you want to do something, we need a plan. Because if we don't have a plan, it's not going to go very well. So Jesus is saying in principle that planning is paramount. Planning is so important if we want to get stuff done. And we do this all the time without even thinking. We don't book first class flights out of the country if we can't afford them. Hopefully you don't. It's a terrible financial management. But hopefully you look how many pennies you've got in your bank You don't book first-class flights, do you, if you can't afford them? We plan so much for summer, where we're going to be, the connecting flights, the activities we're going to take and do with our kids, the people we're going to see on this day, then I'm going to go to this place and catch up with this person. We plan all the time, without maybe without even consciously doing it. And so as summer is coming, we need to plan to be diligent in our spiritual disciplines. And from our side... 
as the church, as your church, everything that is available to you now through the week is going to be available to you throughout the summer. There's no way that you can turn around and say, well, church stopped. All these resources disappeared. There's going to be a service every single Friday. We work really hard to make sure that church life doesn't stop. The Friday service is going to be every week, the weekly teaching and preaching of God's Word, the midweek teaching, the daily devotionals, the online self-study classes on the church website. If you've got extra time this summer, learn some stuff. People are still here. <laughs> spoke to somebody a couple of weeks ago who, hand on heart, could not believe that we don't all leave for the whole summer. And they thought I was lying. No, church carries on. There's a service every Friday. No. You're all here? Well, yeah, I feel like this is home for some people. Just because school finishes on the Thursday, we're not all at the airport on Thursday night. It's not, it's, not, it's not what we do. It's not how we work. All the stuff that you engage with, or you can if you want to, is going to be here all summer. Church life doesn't stop in the summer. So whatever you're doing this year, whether you're here all summer, whether you're leaving for the summer, whether you're leaving permanent, that's kind of different if you're leaving permanently. If you're here for a couple of weeks coming and going, church life, your faith life should and will continue. The second thing on our to-do list kind of flows from that plan. We've mentioned it already. I'm not going to spend too much time here because it's a massive fundamental of being a believer. Uh, so part of what we are planning to do is to pray. Now, you might think that this sounds really basic. Why on earth would I need a plan, a reminder to pray? And you know what? I hope you do feel like that. I hope you do feel like, why do I need a reminder to pray? So if you're here all summer, if you're leaving for good, if you're taking a short break, however, the next eight, nine weeks is going to look for you Wherever you're going, whatever you're doing, there will never, ever, 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 ever be a situation that you can find yourself in that you shouldn't be praying about, shouldn't be praying yourself through. No summer break, no changing routine, rhythms and routine, all that kind of stuff. Nothing is going to take away from you the imperative that we've got as born-again, Jesus-loving, Bible-believing Christians to pray. Uh, we read in James chapter 5, uh, if you've got your Bible there, it's a few books further forward. Uh, James chapter 5, we read in verse 13, Look, is anyone among you suffering? He should pray. Is anyone in good spirits? Sing praises. So, no matter what summer brings, no matter how the next few weeks are going to look in your life, there will be a reason to pray about it. And we need to plan to do so. James shows us here that there is never a situation uh, where we shouldn't be praying. There's never a season of the year or a season of life in which we shouldn't be praying. There, there's never a, a way that you can be feeling that means we shouldn't be praying. He says, is anyone among you suffering? Pray. Good spirits sing praises. He's saying, look, is, is anyone among you suffering? If you're troubled, afflicted, dejected, if this summer turned out to be really difficult for you, if there are frustrations, challenges, cancellations, closures, pray about it, he's saying. 
And on the other side of the coin, is anybody in good spirits? If these next few weeks are just restful and rejuvenating for you. And I really hope that they are. If you have the time of your life this next few weeks, and I hope you do, James says, look, sing praises. Pray positively about it. And so look, basically, no matter how you're feeling, no matter what's going on for you these next few weeks, whether there's a lot going on for you or there's very little going on for you these next few weeks, pray about it. Commune with God over it. Plan to do so. Don't just trust that you'll get it done. Because it is always going to be the right thing to do. No matter what's going on for you these next few weeks, how you're feeling about it, plan, as Paul writes, to pray without ceasing. So we're going to plan for summer. We're going to pray our way through summer. And then this third one is particularly focused on other people. And this is our 10th summer here in Bahrain. We talked about it last week. We've probably seen hundreds, if not a couple of thousand people coming and going through the church in 10, uh, 10 summers. And this is possibly people's single biggest regret when they've gone or when other people have gone. Uh, so we're going to plan for summer. We're going to pray through summer. And then we're going to say what needs saying. Please, 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 don't leave with things unsaid. Don't let people leave your life with things unsaid. Whether you're going away for a two-week holiday, whether you're leaving permanently, even if you're going to be here all summer and you're traveling in October, November, December, don't leave. Don't let other people leave with things unsaid. Honestly, in 10 summers, it is probably the single most common regret for people who are no longer here. People who no longer have the chance. Oh, I wish I'd said this or that to, to this person, to that person. In real life, when I had the chance. I wish they knew how I felt. I wish, I wish I'd have told them X, Y, or Z. I wish I had just one more chance to say to them something, something, something. Now, <laughs> before you sharpen your pencils and fire up your emails, let's be clear about the stuff that we've got to say. Because there's some stuff that you don't have to say unless people ask. And then say it away. <laughs> but we, there are some things... It's all right to leave unsaid. <laughs> and there's a way to say them as well. We want to be saying to one another, as, as Paul writes to the Ephesians, look, only, 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 what is beneficial for building them up, that it gives grace to those who hear. He writes that to the Ephesians. Don't leave. Don't let other people leave with those things unsaid. You don't have to... You're leaving, and I've just got to get this off my chest. <laughs> no, you don't. Keep that to yourself. You don't have to have your whinge, air your dirty laundry, give you a piece of my mind before, you, before I leave, before you leave. I'm going to say it because I'm going. You don't have to do that, but you should. You must, before people leave, tell them what is beneficial for building them up, that it gives grace to those who are here. 
And if you're stuck, if you know there's someone in church, in, your, in, the, in the big circle of people, in, the, in your smaller circle of people, if you know there's somebody leaving and you're kind of stuck for what to say to them, just think that, you know, think that look, if you are leaving, if they are leaving, you might never, <laughs> this is a bit sad, you might never ever see them again this side of eternity. In real life, face to face, you might never ever see them again. Again, in 10 summers, people who've moved on and left, we've seen looking, Robin's got no idea, one or two, one or two people out of the hundreds that have come through church in 10 summers, either because they've come back and to visit or I've seen them at a conference or somewhere, one or two people out of, let's say, a thousand. What's that, 0.1% of people? One in a thousand of each other we might see again. Most people, when they leave, you'll never see them again in real life, face to face. So if you're not sure, oh, I know that he or she is leaving should I really say something? Yeah, you should. You should absolutely say to them what is beneficial to build them up, something that's going to give grace to them. If you don't know what to say, think about this last, I don't know, uh, eight months since we've been back on a Friday like this in a groove on a Friday morning. Think about the, the people that you see weekly. You know, if you don't know what to say to them, if they've been an encouragement to you, tell them. And they don't have to be permanently changing the situation for you to do so. It's all right to speak to people like that anyway. Tell them, thank them, pray with them, pray for them. If someone's given your life uh, a lot of much-needed consistency this last couple of years and you know they're moving on or you're moving on, you're not going to see each other until September. Tell them. If someone has, as we've been talking about in 1 Corinthians, uh, strengthened, encouraged, or consoled, tell them. Say so. It's all right. It's all right to say stuff like that. Why? Well, we live in, in a world and a culture that is very, very quick to complain when stuff is not right. When people feel like their needs are not being met, they're so quick to complain. But much slower to say, thank you, I appreciate that. I enjoyed that. That was good. I appreciate you. I like you. The world around us is so quick to point out what's wrong, what's not good enough, but so slow to say to one another what is beneficial for the building up of that other person, for other people. It's so slow to give grace to the other person that you're talking to, and it should not be like this with us as believers. Please, please, please don't be one of the people that I'm going to talk about next June. Oh, they left and they never didn't say anything and they really regret that. And oh, yeah. Let that be a lesson to you. Don't become the lesson. Don't leave with things unsaid. Whether that's for a couple of weeks, for eight weeks, for the rest of your life. Plan to do it. Pray about it. And then say it. Say it to people. This is so important for people who are leaving permanently this year. This is so important if you're leaving us this year. You know, I once uh, heard about a, a pastor who, in his last week 
It's not our former pastor. I'm not just, this is not like thinly veiled. This is a different guy uh, who in his last week, his last ever service, his last chance to uh, have the privilege and the pleasure of addressing the gathered church, <laughs> he stood up and he said, uh, I want your forgiveness for times when I've annoyed you, upset you, not met your wildly unrealistic expectations of me. Uh, and don't worry, I forgive you all for times when you've had wildly unrealistic expectations of me. When you've let me down, when you've annoyed me, when you don't give me the grace that you expect from me, I forgive you. It's fine. And the first time I heard this, I thought, oh, strange, what a strange thing to do during your last service. The last time you're going to stand before the church and, and preach and teach and have everybody uh, look at you, but really they're looking to God and they're listening to you, but they want to hear from God. And you're going to stand there and say, I forgive you for all the times you've annoyed me and there are loads. And, you know, please forgive me as well. But the more you think about it, it is such a good example of saying what you need to say when you've got the chance. Because who knows if we're going to be the 0.1% of people that sees each other again. Solomon talks about it in Ecclesiastes, doing what you're doing whilst you've got the chance. And for us today in this church, in this place, it's planning to do stuff through summer. It's praying about it. And then it is saying it. And it is so, it is especially important if there are people leaving our church family permanently this year. And if that's you, please don't get to where you're going. Or even a couple of weeks into summer airport, don't get to the airport and think, oh man, I wish I would have said this. I wish I regret not talking to that person before I left or before they left. So what are we saying to one another? What is beneficial for building each other up? Giving grace to the other person that he is. Why are we, why are we doing it? Because who knows if you'll ever have the opportunity again this side of eternity. How are we going to do it? Well, let me tell you how we're going to do it. You can pick up your phone. You can send a quick text, email, WhatsApp, social media message, whatever. But you know you know deep down that's not good enough. That's not enough. The moment's passed. You're no longer together. And some things are too important to just write and send to one another. So how are we going to say what needs saying? Well, John tells us in Second and Third John. If you've got your Bibles, I'd love you to go there. Uh, with me. If you start at the back uh, with Revelation, it's probably easier to find like that. Possibly on the same page, because there's such short uh, little postcard-sized letters. And at the end of 2 John, he says this. And at the end of 3 John, he says this. And he says, look, I've got loads to tell you. We've got loads to talk about. But let's not use pen and ink. Let's talk, and he says, mouth to mouth. 
uh, we would say face-to-face. Let's talk in real life. Looking someone in the eye and saying, hey, I know you're leaving, or I'm leaving, and before I go, before you go, before summer comes and everybody comes and goes, I just want to say that person, trust me, will remember that for the rest of their life. And if you don't do it, you'll regret not saying it for as long as your memory lives. Saying stuff, as John says, mouth to mouth, face to face, in real life, is so much better than a WhatsApp or an email of, oh, uh, I know you left last week and I forgot to say, whatever. No pen and ink. Email, WhatsApp, social media message. We shouldn't do those things when we've got the opportunity to speak face-to-face. Sure, sometimes you just can't, and it's better to send a message than not. But whilst we've got the chance, whilst we are here together in real life, mouth-to-mouth, face-to-face, say it. Because saying it in real life, looking somebody in the eye, communicates that the other person what Paul says to the Ephesians, that they're known, that they're valued, that they're loved, that they're appreciated. If people are here and you don't say it and you follow up with a little message tomorrow, all that communicates is that I was too busy to talk to you. I had more important stuff to do and you're a bit of an afterthought. So when we've got the chance, face to face, say it. John does write a letter. We're reading it. He wrote it down. I've got loads to talk about, but it's better face-to-face. If you absolutely 100% cannot talk to somebody face-to-face, sure, send that message. But if you can, say what needs saying when you've got the chance to say it. Don't wait. Oh, the moment's passed. I guess I'll just send a message because it's easier. Maybe I'll do a voice note. It's more personal. No, it's not. If you've had the opportunity... Sending a little voice note is just a giant fail if you've had the chance to say it in real life now, today. So plan, pray about it, and then say it. We're going to make a time of, (laughs) what do we say? Forced fellowship. (laughs) We're going to put the music on, shut the doors. You're going to talk to one another. You're going to say what needs saying because people might leave. You might leave. You might never see these people again. Don't let them be an afterthought to you. Plan now. Who am I going to talk to? Pray about it. I don't really like them. I'm going to talk to them anyway. Give me strength. Uh, And then just say it. We're going to start that today with a time of encouraged encouragement. Uh, Start today. Please, do it all summer. Because ours shouldn't be a community and a big church family that's caught out by the changing times in seasons of the year, like, oh, summer's arrived and he or she has left. Like, yeah, you knew that was coming. It happens every year. There's probably 20% of people that will move on this year. So we shouldn't be caught out by changing times and seasons. We know summer's coming. There's a time for everything under the sun. There's nothing new under the sun. It happens every year, funnily enough. We know people are leaving. So ours is a community and a church family that plans. We're going to seek God's will in all things and at all times. 
We're going to plan. Because as we said earlier, the plans of the diligent lead to abundance. So as we're going to move into summer, whether you're a planner or not, whether you want to or not, make a plan. And ours is a community and a, and a big church family that prays about stuff, that prioritizes prayer. Think about Friday morning. Every junction in the service is navigated with prayer. So you come in for 10 o'clock, not 10 past. You come in at 10 o'clock. We start the service with a psalm and a prayer. We worship with song and through giving, we pray after. We hear from God through his word, we pray after. We worship again, we depart with a prayerful blessing. Ours is a community and a church family that prays about stuff. So as we move into summer, plan and pray. And ours should be, I desperately want it to be, a community and a big family that says what needs to be said when we've got the chance, that says to one another stuff, things, words for the building up and the encouragement of one another. It's a community where nothing positive is left unsaid. What an absolute tragedy it would be if you go and get on that plane or you let somebody leave and you wish you would have shared the kind, positive, loving thing that you think and feel about that person, but you just didn't do it. What an absolute tragedy it is when encouragements, strengthenings, consolations, kind and loving words that build people up and give them grace are unsaid. People shouldn't wonder, oh, I'm leaving, I wonder if anybody's going to talk to me. People shouldn't wonder whether they belong here or not because other people should be telling them every opportunity that we get with actions, yes, but also with explicit, clear words that, that you are known here, loved, valued here. We miss you when you're not here. We're going to miss you if you're leaving and we can't wait to see you again, whenever that might be. And we're get, we want to be a community like that. We want to be a church like that. And we're going to achieve that through, in part, planning. Because the plans of the diligent, abundance. We're going to pray about it and we're going to say it. So wherever you're going to be in the world this next couple of months, please, please, please make sure that you plan, that you pray and that you say what needs to be said. If you're leaving for good, uh, we are going to miss you, we forgive you, and we ask for your forgiveness as well. If you're going and then coming back, good. We'll look forward to seeing you again later in the summer. If you're here all summer, then we're going to make sure that we're together planning, praying, and saying what needs to be said. Amen. Let's stand and let's pray together.